Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin'? What's going on? It was an interesting weekend of football. It sure was. It really was. Um... I was telling Rick this was uh, probably the most boring playoffs I've seen in a long time. I'm not going to say the most boring playoffs ever because I didn't see about 90% of the NFL's history. But uh, it's been pretty boring. Nothing interesting. To, to, to you. To, to, okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't think it's been because you, you no, brought because up. I'm into it. You, should, you, you, didn't, you didn't watch any of the games with me yesterday. I was, I was heated. Yeah. I mean. Same as normal. You told me that like, there hasn't been any moments like the Stephon Diggs play. Yeah, a few years ago against the Saints, and you're right, there hasn't been anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like but everyone, thought, everyone who's supposed to be winning is kind of winning. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Like the Rams-Packers game wasn't and that that great to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't mind the Buccaneers-Saints game because mm-hmm. Brady won, but <laughs> um, no, but the Chiefs-Browns game I thought was kind of entertaining though, and and then the Bills-Ravens game was entertaining games. Okay, it was, it was fun. It was, it was not a fun bad, weekend but, of football. yeah, but this week though. Packers, Buccaneers, I'll take it. Chiefs, Bills, like I'll those. See, those seem like, like really I don't, good. I, I don't care who goes to the Super Bowl in the NFC because I'm happy with either one, and I want the Chiefs to lose. So there's that. I still don't know who I want to win the Super Bowl. Probably the Bills. Bills at this point. Have you been seeing the New England tweets though? Being like everybody's rooting for Brady and the Bills, so that way Brady can assert his dominance over Buffalo once again. <laughs> oh, stop! That's so evil. I feel like the Bills finally get. Brady added the division, or Brady finally used the division so the Bills yeah. can win just to meet him in the Super Bowl and lose. I will say this. I will say this though. You can't keep the you can't keep the AFC East out of the uh, conference championship games. I guess not. <laughs> uh, we got a lot to get to in this episode. It was a fun, interesting weekend, and I do have uh, I don't do icebreaker questions anymore, but I I did want to get Rick's take on a particular situation that happened yesterday. But uh, we are going to give you our early 2021 hot takes. Um, this is going to be an interesting show because um, not too much, you know, we've done minor amounts of research on the whole season. Uh, you know, you have Reviews. to kind of, you don't have to step back at mm-hmm. the end of the year and look at what happened because you, you're trying to analyze it as it happens and you don't really see everything. So yeah. we haven't really done that full analysis yet and we will and give you all of our advice as the season uh, goes along, but or off season goes along. But uh, we've been talking about how we've been doing kind of recap episodes of the season. This week we're going to take a break from that, and we're going to do some early hot takes. On Thursday we're going to do a short, probably two, three-round mock mock draft, Um, and it should be interesting. So we'll start with hot takes. Before we do that, check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FFChamps, on on Instagram at thefantasychampions. You can like like us at facebook.com forward slash thefantasychampions. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platforms, uh, be sure to leave a review, share this podcast with your friends, and subscribe. Subscribing is the best way to support the podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe as well. Click the bell for notifications and like and comment down below your hot takes for the 2021 season because everyone has everything's them. fresh on the mind right now too. It really is. Uh, so so yesterday, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes went down. Cleveland had a chance. They had a real they shot to burn to burn all of Cleveland down. And. Uh, <laughs> And uh, the whole game was separated. I I think that whole game was determined on one play, and it was that it was that fumble out of bounds at the end of the first half because they scored there, 
Mm-hmm. Then the Browns are in the lead, and it changes the Chad Henney situations at the end of the game. Uh, so, do you do you agree with their their rule? Like the rule itself, or the, the ruling. The, well, the ruling obviously has to be the way that it is. Right. Do you agree with the rule? No, no, no the rule. Is the stupid. ball went out of the back of the end the zone. Is and they dumb. gave the ball to the Chiefs. It, 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 if you fumble the ball out of bounds at like the forty yard line, do the, does the other team get the ball? No, you get to keep. You it. get to keep it where it went out of bounds. Now you can't do exactly that if you fumble out of bounds in the end zone, but you can go. You can either like somebody. I think Matthew Barry said mm-hmm. you can have it at your own, or the other team's twenty yard line. So you just move back to the twenty. Yeah. You keep it from where you lost the ball. Mm-hmm. So just like at the one yard line. Yeah. Um. There's, I think, all better things to do. I mean, that rule is probably the dumbest in the, in the sport. That was like consensus, and then there were a couple of people on Twitter who just agree to uh, disagree just to disagree and they were like no you you should try not to fumble and i'm like well that's because bill belichick um preaches to not reach at the goal line and patriots players were actually tweeting out mm-hmm. during the game being like every patriots player right now is shaking their head like devin mccourty said teddy, teddy teddy brewski too he was yeah. like he said the same thing he's like no you gotta hold on to the ball patrick chung said something too on twitter i like, think if it's if it's in that moment in the game and you're trying to score and you're down to the chiefs like it you you do it but it is a dumb rule like it's like rule. It, the the, the, the interesting thing is that if if a, if a player fumbles in the field of play and not in the end zone uh, the other team, in order for it to count as a recovery, has to it, it, the 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 catch rules apply. So yeah. you have to pick up the ball on a fumble and then keep two feet in bounds if you're trying to recover it as it's going out of bounds. Yeah. So if you only have one foot in when you pick up the ball, it's not a fumble recovery. Those are the rules that are in place. So even if you fumble the ball out of bounds in play, you totally get an opportunity to hold on to the ball. And, and not completely lose it. But then you fumble out of the back of the end zone and all of a sudden it goes to the team who didn't recover it. Mm-hmm. Like that just doesn't seem like, yeah, no, I, if you want to penalize and penalize them, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's right to take the ball away from them altogether, especially in, in a playoff game. And then the other part of it, the helmet to helmet on that play too, that everyone was like, okay, well, we'll talk about that rule, but the guy got smashed in the head. Yeah. That, Gene, that one, you think Gene Steratore was like, uh, yeah, that's probably something like sometimes that, playoff football. You're like, you don't want to make those calls. But like that was some that was that's a, a penalty. There. But that was also as like that's a bang bang play at, at the goal line. It's yeah, yeah, those yeah. usually don't get called. Yeah, especially in the playoffs. Right. But I wanted to get your take on it because um yeah no that rule is stupid. It's really dumb. Uh anyway so let's let's talk about our early hot takes for the 2021 season. I'll start off with mine. Um, and I didn't I didn't pull up the sheet, but I'm gonna say that Aaron Jones signs <laughs> with the San Francisco 49ers now. I have no information to back this up. There is no secret source that I have. You got sources. I'm just looking up the free agents because I want to confirm what I know. Um, So the 49ers, I believe, are losing three out of their four rostered running backs. Um, One's a restricted free agent. Yeah, Coleman, Tevin Coleman's a UFA. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is a UFA and then they have a restricted free agent and I don't I, I believe yeah Jeff Jeff Wilson is a restricted free agent and then they still have I believe they still have what's his name under contract Tevin Coleman I mean uh, Raheem Mostert Raheem Mostert they still have him under contract so they have one running back under contract it's a team who really likes multi, a multiple running back system mm-hmm. it is probably more likely for this team to draft a running back I would say but I don't think after AJ Dillon's small sample size and 
Jamal Williams still being under contract, I don't think the Packers are going to keep Aaron Jones. So I think Aaron Jones will end up leaving. And knowing the market for running backs in the NFL, um, it probably won't be that high. So I think especially being an offense that is definitely going to need um, running back production, they're probably going to sign a running back at some point. And it might be Aaron Jones. So I'm going to say he signs with the 49ers. Don't know what that means for fantasy football. Don't ask me. Yeah. I would hope that it means he's the same. Somebody said on Twitter the other day, they said that Aaron Jones is going to be the Stefan Diggs of last year where Diggs left his team and everyone thought he was going to be trash. And uh, and then he's going to end up being know. really good. We'll it see. depends on the team. It really does. Um, yeah. I, I don't I don't mind the take. I think that's a realistic landing spot, mm-hmm. um, especially if Coleman and McKinnon are gone. Yeah. Uh, but – there's a good chance they bring back. So if this happens, yeah, there's still a good chance they bring back Jeff Wilson because yeah. he's an RFA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still they they still have that rookie running back on the roster mm. who I don't remember his name, but remember he one of the games McKinnon was supposed to be the starter, and then all of a sudden that rookie got like 18 carries. Yeah, name excuse um, me. Yeah, but him. Are you telling me they carried five running backs? Yes, they did. Him, Jeff Wilson, most take some of those contracts and Aaron Jones and make Aaron Jones the. I don't know. I don't. I, if they signed Aaron Jones, I think it would be Jones I'd hope and, so. and, and and probably if Jeff it, Wilson if it's, or no Mostert. If it's just Jones and Mostert, I think that's okay because of how well the 49ers run and how efficient they run and how many times they run and all that stuff. So that would be okay. If Jeff Wilson is there too and they're using like three running, I'd just yeah. be like, I would kind of just stay away from Aaron Jones, um, depending yeah. on where he got drafted, right. and gets drafted and redrafted and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. I think that's probably a very real possibility, though, of him being on the 49ers. The only other team I can think of is, like, the Dolphins, I know, have been rumored about. Which wouldn't be a bad spot. Wouldn't be a bad spot. Either one of those spots wouldn't be bad, but I have a feeling he's going to get drafted into a situation where, like, I could see, I could see, um, I I love Austin Eckler, and I think he's fantastic, but I could see uh, Austin, I could see the Chargers picking up a running back and and going the way they did before. Um, But... Also, they don't have anything Lynn anymore, so that changes everything as well. True. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't really know, but not a bad one. Rick, why don't you give me your uh, your first early hot take? This one's probably my spiciest one, to be honest. <laughs> um, I have Alvin Kamara, the RB one in fantasy this year, not finishing as an an RB one in general next year, not in the top twelve um, of running backs. It's it's a little bit of a hot take, but. Um, I have I have my reasons. First of all, I think Drew Brees is done. I think he's retiring. Um, next year, the Saints. Do you know what their cap situation looks like? They are under a hundred mil. They have the like worst cap space in the league. They are a hundred million under or over. Sorry, hundred million over Brees's the cap. Contract when he retires. What is it? Even losing Brees's contract. Uh, that will help the situation, but they're still way over the cap. Like they're in real real trouble for the next few years. <laughs> so, which means they're probably not going to add a quarterback. Jameis Winston, unless he takes a cheap, because he's only on a one-year deal, right? Yeah. So unless he takes a cheap deal, which he very well could, um, their their quarterback next year is going to be Taysom Hill. Uh, and when Kamara played with Taysom Hill this year, it was not good. He was averaging like, like I think he had like five points in one game. He had like fifteen in another. It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't it wasn't great either. Uh, and I think if that happens throughout a year. Uh-huh. I don't see Kamara finishing as an RB1, and people are still going to draft him very high. Now, if Taysom Hill is a quarterback, he won't be drafted probably in the top five of running backs, but I still think he'll be drafted in the first round. 
Um, and I think that'll be a mistake because he just wasn't, I don't think, the same player without Drew Brees. So I wanted to just uh, okay. I I get to, I'm not, I'm not a UFC watcher. I just got an ad for McGregor. <laughs> I thought he retired. I heard he's gonna fight like uh, someone. Whatever. Uh, so I looked up weeks 11 through 14, mm. uh, which are the weeks that Taysom Hill started in in uh, place of Drew Brees when he got hurt. And uh, Alvin Kamara was the running back 11, 51 points per game, but. Uh, during that stretch of time, I believe one of those games he had like a third 25 to 30 point game, I believe. And yeah. that kind of threw it over the top. But over those weeks, just to give you a picture of what that it looked like 10, 5, 15, and then 15. So that was in standard formats and half PPR. He wasn't horrible. So, I mean, he was he was bad for the first two games and then he picked it up in the second couple games. But I, I, I am concerned as well about Alvin Kamara. Yeah, and if you look at the uh, – I don't know what I just did on my laptop, but the averages um, for that for that stretch, he was only averaging mm-hmm. 13 points a game. Yeah. Miles Gaskin, Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Austin Eckler, Mike Davis, Chris Carson, James Robinson, Canyon Drake, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, and Derrick Henry all had more points per game mm-hmm. in that stretch. I think the big difference with Kamara – is um, with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill doesn't yeah. throw to the running back nearly as much as Drew Brees does. No, he does When Drew Brees is out there, Kamara is guaranteed to get like six, seven catches. Mm-hmm. With Taysom Hill, he was only getting like two catches uh, a game pretty much. So if that happens, that's a big difference. And then Sean Payton likes to use two running backs. It was Mark Ingram and Kamara. And then mm-hmm. this year, Latavius Murray got a lot more carries than people anticipated. Yeah. Uh, so with, with that being the case, I'm just I'm just not not thrilled Come on, next year. Yeah, I mean, I think the what in the freak is going on here? I think the big issue for him too is that he's always been that, uh, like running back, especially with Drew Brees, who doesn't really. If you watch yesterday's game, you you know he doesn't have much arm strength <laughs> left. So throwing it to the running back position is what he does to keep himself alive. Whereas yeah. Taysom Hill's younger. I'm not saying he has a better arm or a stronger arm than Drew Brees but he's more willing to throw it down the field and it's not his style of play to just dump it off to the running back position. But you look at the averages for for Alvin Kamara in games. Like he he made it over 20 rushes just twice this season. Exactly. Yeah. And um and most of the time it was between 12 and 14 rushes. So if he's in games and Latavius Murray is getting like you know, ten. eight to ten, yeah, eight to 10, eight, carries, eight, yeah. ten to twelve carries, and then Kamara's getting fourteen. He's not getting his he's not getting his work on the ground. And I think what you have to do when you look at Kamara is you have to look at like his rushing statistics because I think a lot of people just look at his totals at the end of the season and go, "Wow, he was really good." Mm-hmm. But you have to figure out where he's really good, and that is through the air. You know yes. what I mean? And getting the ball in the red zone and scoring, which are two things that the Saints didn't do too much of. Yeah. And the other the other problem is 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 the and I hate to use the word touchdown regression for the first time this offseason, but I will say it. Uh-oh. Um he essentially the, the biggest problem with Alvin Kamara at this point is that and when they had Taysom Hill in the game was that it wasn't just the pass catching that he wasn't getting. It was also Taysom Hill running it into the end zone. Yes, yep. And and having they the loved red zone work to, to yeah. run it with Taysom Hill in the red and zone. And so those those seasons where, like this year, he had, and and I think it's you know a lot of the numbers are lopsided too because of the six touch, six touchdown game. Yeah. But he had um, a total of what twenty something touchdowns this year, 
Um, I'm going to go to the game logs because this thing's all messed up. Uh, he had he had a total of 16 touchdowns on the ground and five through the air, so 21. So that takes it back to what he was doing back earlier in his career. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spend an hour on Alvin Kamara, but it is very reasonable. I agree with Rick. It is very reasonable, reasonable for Alvin Kamara to bust out this season and only – finish in, in the top 15 you know what i mean and and what like where, where do you think he's going to end up getting drafted if you had to like if you had to choose um, he's obviously first round but where yeah if Taysom hill is there there will be some pause on him but i still think he'll be like a mid to late first rounder because he's alvin kamara yeah. probably a late first rounder um even if Taysom hill is there and to me that's going to be i don't know i'm not do you want to take kamara in the late first round see, if Taysom see, i think Hill's he's going to be higher because i think yeah we're gonna find out in August. You know, it, 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 it everything hits in August when people start drafting. You right. know what I mean? So, I think he'll probably end up being a middle first round pick, probably somewhere yeah. where where he was this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he's gonna have one of those touchdown regressions. Now we could be very wrong, and he could actually be really good. Yeah. But I do think Taysom Hill damages him. I'm not gonna go to. I don't think he's gonna finish in RB one. I think he he'll he'll get into that top twelve. Okay. But. I, I don't know if he'll be like that top five running back he was this year. Yeah. And and there there is going to be big regression, and I, I don't know how many people are going to pick up on it, and they'll probably draft and be devastated. <laughs> so, anyway. yeah. Uh, my second hot take for the 2021 season is Antonio, Bra- uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Gibson finishes as a top five running back in 2021. hot. hot, hot. Uh, I always get a sound effect. I know, I know. (laughs) You you nailed it though. Um, so let me just pull up some of these numbers here because uh, Antonio Gibson, when he finished the season, was an RB twelve. So he was the he was an RB one on the season. He only played in fourteen games. I want to figure out what games he missed. Um, was that week? It was week fourteen and fifteen. So I want to give you the numbers through week. One through thirteen yeah. for him, and I will say with Gibson, um, he was injured too. Like he was bad, even when he played, he was battling injuries. Yeah, in the last two games of the season. So you're gonna look at those week 15, 16, and even the playoffs yeah, yeah, numbers yeah. and be like, well, he wasn't that good. He was also battling turf so toe. We went one through thirteen. Antonio Gibson was the RB six, weeks one through thirteen. So yeah. he was right there. So anyone who goes, oh, that's too hot, man. That's that's too much. Um, and I, I also want I also want to reference that Antonio Gibson was averaging in those games a like fifty percent snap percentage. Yeah. So like for me next year in an offense with Ron Rivera, most likely a new quarterback, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see what they do. Um, it, it doesn't even have to be an improved offense. For how many years now for Christian McCaffrey has he just True. been in a terrible offense? True. Carolina's offense is okay, but anyway, solid. I think I think the big thing for Antonio Gibson is that his snap percentage is going to increase, and I think that you're going to see guys like and this sickens me that this is going to happen. But you're going to see guys like Cam Akers, who I do like. I will say that I do like, but they're going to get drafted in the 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 second round somewhere around there. And I think because of Gibson's injury, who knows? Maybe he gets hyped into the first round. I, I would think that's going to happen, but if that doesn't and cam guys like cam Akers get drafted ahead of Antonio Gibson, that to me is crazy. Like you people are stupid. If you're doing that, good luck. Good luck winning your fantasy league. If you're drafting cam Akers over Antonio Gibson, 
This but, guy loves Antonio Gibson, huh? I really do. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, like like to see Antonio Gibson through those six weeks only have a, somewhere around a 50% snap percentage and finish as a top five running back or a top six running back at that point was astounding. I, I, I remember looking at the numbers because I look every single week of how many fantasy points that are scored over a week-to-week basis. And yeah, uh, I looked and I saw Antonio Gibson top six, and I'm like, I've literally been staring at him all season going, uh, when do you start him? <laughs> You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like it's just it was crazy for me to sit there and look at Gibson at that point and think he was there. So um I think he's gonna be a top five running back. I don't think that's hard to project. Like last year I was high on Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders finished what, top fifteen? Yeah, something like that. Antonio Gibson through thirteen weeks was a top six running back before he got <laughs> Is hurt. he replacing Miles Sanders for you? Oh uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> He he really could be like a new. It's funny because when I brought him up last year and I said pretty much all these things about him being could be a next. It McCaffrey shows runner. you that I changed my mind. That's true. You were like you were like nah, I wouldn't draft him. Some people like, yeah, stick yeah. with it. Like uh, there was a guy on Twitter. I can't remember. I, I don't. I'm not going to say his name because I don't. I don't like to call other people out on uh, on the podcast. And we're, we're a community and we work together. But uh, one guy said that uh, he's he's hated David Montgomery for a long time. Like mm-hmm. hated him. And Montgomery came in the league. He's like, no way this guy finishes top five. No way, no way this guy finishes top twelve after the first season for Montgomery. He's like, see, victory I told laps. you all, took yeah. a victory lap. Um, by the way, David Montgomery through seventeen weeks, RB four. So um, anyway, Antonio Gibson will be a top five running back. Give me your next take. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not 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 that crazy again. Um, for me, my second take. I don't even know how spicy this one is. Yeah, um, I think I think Morgan said it was kind of spicy. So. Trevor He's Lawrence like, I'll take it. will finish as a QB1. Okay. Top Enlight- 12 quarterback. Enlighten me as to... So that that is a large projection. It is a large projection. I'm assuming... He's going to He's going to have... Yes, assuming he's going to Jacksonville and assuming he's going to have a really good rookie season. Borderline... No, not really good. A great rookie season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all the records that Herbert had this year, not sure if he'll break them, mm-hmm. but I think he'll be able to come close um, and matching them. Yeah. And the reasons for me saying this is one... It's, he's gonna. It's gonna be similar to Cincinnati with Burrow, where yeah. it's not a bad situation where he's gonna start off with weapons, right? DJ Chark, Lavishka Chenault, James Robinson. Mm-hmm. He has a little bit there. There's rumors that they're trying to draft the tight end high this year, so like the second round. Yeah, they have, they have another first round pick as well, so they could draft another tight end or sign a tight end, something like that, like Hunter Henry. Trade up and get Kyle Pitts. Oh, that would be. I would. We're not talk about that because of how crazy I would feel about that, <laughs> but like. Add another piece as well to already solid pieces. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is one of the things that he does so well that people do not realize mm-hmm. who are like don't really watch a lot of college football because uh, he, he gets compared to Peyton Manning a lot mm-hmm. because he's t- you know like the tall long well Manning didn't have long hair but the tall SEC quarterback who throws all over the field and all this stuff. What he does that Peyton Manning did not. Was he runs like crazy? He is way more athletic than people think. I think he's almost more athletic than Herbert. Like he is fast yeah. for such a big guy. Right. And um, I want to see how many rushing touchdowns he had in college, because it was it was a lot more than people think. And just rushing in general, um, he ran the ball a decent amount. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up. Yeah, he had he had eight rushing touchdowns this year and nine the year before that. So similar to Burrow, uh, and he played in less games. So mm-hmm. what Burrow did, and, I, and we both said this at the time, that like Burrow's going to run more than people think, and he did a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Trevor Lawrence has pretty much the same numbers in less games 
for that. So he's going to run the ball more than people think as well. And I think that's going to really produce those fam- fantasy numbers. What Herbert did last year, you're looking at, I mean, there's no combat. Look at the height though. <laughs> Love that. Six, six. Yeah. He is big yeah, and fast dude. pretty much. And now compare him to like Herbert. I, I want to th- mm-hmm. I want to say though, Trevor Lawrence is faster than Herbert or they're about, about at least around the same. Um, like same metrics though, right? Six six, two thirty six. Like they're about they're yeah, about, yeah, the they're about the same. When it's, quarterbacks in the NFL are two hundred and thirty pounds, it's tough, man. And Josh Allen is like the That's so. Great. What Josh Allen? I was trying to find his stats for you. And, oh, okay. Uh, and I went to that place hoping that I would get stats, and I got Justin Herbert with laser eyes. Playerprofiler.com. Yeah. Check it out. What what um what? But my point is, he's he he projects to be a similar player to Josh Allen. Yeah. To Justin Herbert. And the way the league is trending as well, all these things mm-hmm. I think will lead to a very, very efficient year right. for Trevor Lawrence in the league. Okay. Um, he had in 2019, 2020, he had nine rushing touchdowns in 2019, eight rushing touchdowns in 2020. Um, he did have a lot less rushing attempts in 2020. He played in how many games did he play? Uh, I think 12. I mean, um, 10. He played like two less games. Something like that. Yeah. But anyway. Um, still did have he probably would have had he like, was a lot less efficient running in 2020 yeah. than he was in in 2019 2019 he had 5.5 yards to carry that Clemson team though was also I think better than that Clemson team yeah but either way Rick is right the rushing the, we, we always talk about how rushing has to be there if the if the the thing that concerns me is that the Jaguars blow <laughs> they do they have do weapon I mean they do have they have uh, they Chark. got work to do they got work to do but they, they got Chark I'm assuming they, they hold on to solid. James Robinson. Yep, He's Robinson. solid. Their offensive line is mediocre. It's not horrible. Um, so I, I think, I, like, Trevor Lawrence's offensive line going into next season, unless Cincinnati does something, is better than Joe Burrow's offensive line. I would... As of today, yes. yes. But I think, I think probably, probably will change. Cincinnati's probably going to draft Because someone. Jacksonville's got to use that first round pick on the right. quarterback. So anyway... Um, I, I would think that he's going to have the ability to have success similar to Justin Herbert with the rushing, which would, would put him in that uh, QB1 conversation. I think top 10, too. You don't even have to say top 12. You could say top 10. Uh, but it, it just depends. Like I, There's there's so many variables that go into like a quarterback in the NFL. And sure. this is why I like Burrow, too, because... Burrow has this ability to uh, run all over the field and and make plays similar to like how Mahomes does it. Yeah. Um, and when he's under pressure, he that is when he has his like highest, uh, what is it called? Um, pass percentages. Yes. And uh, and I don't I don't know much about Trevor Lawrence under pressure. I'm assuming his team went to the national championship. A very highly yeah. recruited like college. People want to go there. Clemson, yeah. Uh, so I don't know how hard it has been for Trevor Lawrence in terms of yeah. From what I've, I like I don't know exact numbers either, but from what I've seen and read and heard, uh, this his first two years were much more. Com- this year was a really like the offensive line wasn't great. He didn't have really any receive many receivers. Yeah. Um, he had a good running back, Travis Etienne, but. That was that was pretty much it. Thanks for telling me how to say that because I still have not figured it okay, out. Okay, there you go, Travis Etienne. <laughs> um, that's gonna be fun to say. I, I know <laughs> he might be the top running back off the board. How come? I, what didn't um? No, where Clyde come from? He's not Clemson, right? LSU. He was Burrow. LSU. LSU. Sorry, you're right. That LSU. So we're gonna team. have another. We're gonna have another running back quarterback. Okay, I'm coming out. Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, we will. Yeah. But um, anyway, 
we got. Is there any more final points you want to make on no, this? No, I was just saying Herbert. Point. Herbert finishes the QB nine this year, so I don't think it's unrealistic to say Trevor Lawrence will finish as like the QB ten this year. Okay, okay, we're gonna get to our last two here really quickly, and I don't want to spend too much time on sure. them. But um, number three for me is Ceedee Lamb overtakes Amari Cooper as the Cowboys' wide receiver one. Um, before Dak got his face smushed in, when when did he when did he miss? Like when did he get hurt? Was it week four? Um, I can't remember when he got hurt. Yeah, week four, I think, I think was the correct week. Because I want to see where C.D. Lamb... Oh, it was week it, five, I think, is when he got injured. Okay, so I'm just going to go one through four. My God, he throws it 50 times a game. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, they're... they're with with a guy like C.D. Lamb, it it was tough because it is his rookie season. He didn't have a preseason. so And the only sample size he had with Dak was the first four games of the season. So that's where we're going to look for C.D. Lamb. Um, C.D. Lamb, over the course of the, those games, you had Amari Cooper, who was the wide receiver 3, 66 fantasy points. C.D. Lamb was the wide receiver 14 with 54 fantasy points over those games. So obviously, Amari Cooper getting the target share. He is the wide receiver 1. They paid the man. Mm-hmm. So he's been there and he's done that. But they they had uh, a gift drop into their lap. Truly. Truly a gift wrapped to them, free of charge, right before the Eagles pick. Because they're evil like that. And they, they <laughs> took C.D. Lamb when they don't need him. They really didn't need him at all. Um, but I think for me, like a lot of us came into the season thinking that Michael Gallup was going to be the wide receiver too, and he was going to be really good. In that same stretch of games with Dak, he was the wide receiver 30. So I'm not worried about Michael Gallup. And if I hear people this offseason say that Michael Gallup should be the wide receiver 2 and C.D. Lamb should be the wide receiver 3, I'm going to slap some people. But uh, C.D. Lamb was the wide receiver 14. I think going into his second year, and him being the elite route runner, like this is why I like CD Lamb over Jerry Judy, is because he is a similar route runner, but he has hands. And we know as Jerry Judy does not have great hands. Yeah. Um, but CD Lamb is ridiculous. And I think I think CD Lamb is a wide receiver one in the NFL. Like like this is similar to like Seattle with DK Metcalf. And last year they had, you know, um, what was it? What's his name? Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Lockett's the wide receiver one. And a lot of people are like, okay, DK might come in and have a good season, but Lockett's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a similar situation for a lot of people that Cooper's going to be the guy and CeeDee Lamb's going to take a back seat to him. Cooper's probably also going to draw the top corner as well. To yeah. Start the year. So, yeah. But I think, I think CeeDee Lamb, especially if Dak's throwing it 40 times a game, uh, I, I feel like CeeDee Lamb can most definitely pass Amari Cooper I think actually both those guys can finish the wide receiver ones next year. It's so I don't think yeah. I'm not saying you're you're making a mistake drafting either it's one like of them. It's like Adam Thalen and Justin Jefferson. Right, right. But I do believe that CeeDee Lamb's gonna end up probably being the more targeted wide receiver for the Cowboys simply because of that what Rick just said. Uh Amari Cooper getting the more difficult coverages yep. and the fact that um CeeDee Lamb's just a ridiculous route runner. And if you're getting open, you're the guy getting the ball. Yeah. So his hand, and Mark did, Cooper is a good route runner too. So not, they're be, both really good. To be fair to Jerry Judy, real quick, <laughs> CD Lamb, CD Lamb did also have a lot of drops this year. He led the league in drops for the first like ten weeks, and then he kind of fixed it. Um, yeah. But I think Judy did finish with more drops than Lamb. They both need to fix that. Um, and I think they both will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I I like CD Lamb a lot. Like if you're telling me I have to draft one of those guys for next year. Um, if you're happy with either, one. I'm probably drafting Cooper, but not at the spot. Like Cooper is going to be like a, a second or third round pick. Not probably not second, but he'll be like a like yeah. where he's been the last few years. years. Yeah. yeah, he'll be a third round pick, and CD Lamb will probably be like a fifth. Mm-hmm. And I I think I'd rather take CD in the fifth than 
or sixth, wherever he is, mm-hmm. then Amari Cooper in the third. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I, I like that one. Um, mine is Terry McLaurin. You spice it up even more because I originally said Terry McLaurin will finish as a top seven wide receiver. You made it top five, which is fine. Terry McLaurin will finish as a top five receiver. I, I guess gotta, I feel like I feel like Todd, you say top seven because you're trying to make it sound better. Yeah, I am. But you really shouldn't. Just I feel say top seven. Yeah, you, should, you feel guilty because you feel like you're misleading people. Um, that's what a talk that's a hot take that is a hot take you're right absolutely so terry mclaurin will finish the top five fantasy wide receiver in 2021 similar to stefan diggs who made this massive leap um this is mclaurin's third year uh for one we're both very high on washington i guess because you, you had this gibson take I'm and not, now i have this i guess I so i'm like i really don't like washington as an offense but they have weapons well to, so here's the thing they have weapons quarterback. if they get a quarterback then, which I'm assuming they will, right? I think I'm basing this off Alex Smith won't be the quarterback next yeah, year. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys is passing-wise, not necessarily saying they're better than Alex Smith, but I think almost anybody will put up better numbers, I think, than Alex Smith, or at least throw the ball down the yeah, field yeah, yeah. more than Alex Smith. Because as much as I love Alex Smith, he just, at this point in his career, he just doesn't throw the ball down the field at all, yeah. which hurt McLaurin. Um, McLaurin... Through the first 10 weeks of the season was the wide receiver 10 and a half PPR. Um, and I think Alex Smith had only played one game up to that point. His first start was week nine. Then he played week 10. So mm-hmm. it was kind of when Alex Smith was just becoming the starter. And then from that point on, McLaurin started to go downhill. I think he finished, I, I want to say even outside the top 20, right? Yeah, t- wide receiver was, 21. Yeah, t- um, his, he, he, from, from week 10 to week 17, he just was not as good. Had a few good weeks, but was really just not that great. Um, but through the, those first 10 weeks, he was really, really, really solid. Um, and he was doing that with Kyle Allen. He was doing that with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Alex Smith, if they bring in a quarterback next year who is just half decent, I think that is that plus McLaurin's just natural abilities and jumping and age and all that stuff, if you combine those two things, I think that'll be major pluses for Terry McLaurin next year. Um, there's rumors – I mean, every team is in on Sean Watson, but they're one of them. Uh, if Trey Lance could fall to them, that'd be, I think, a nice fit. If 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 Deshaun Watson went there, uh, Terry McLaurin would be DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> that's I mean, that's I I don't think it'll get Deshaun Watson, but you know they could bring in someone who's at least average, right? If, if they just bring in an average mm-hmm. quarterback, I think that'll mean good you things get the for job done. I think the other thing too that you didn't um reference either is that he's around a bunch of these guys that averaged 11 fantasy points per game. Yeah. Um and he had 12, so I would throw him up in the top 15 because yeah. he didn't he didn't play um Weeks. all 16. Yeah. And if he had he done that, he would have been right around 192, which makes him ahead of Cooks. Yeah. Wide receiver 14, 15. He's probably like the wide receiver 14, 15. Yeah, but and, and he had he had a lot better uh, first half of the season than he did the second and exactly, half. Exactly, yeah. He, he was much but, better. Uh, what half. this guy has had to do with quarterbacks quarterbacks, and, and, and his continued success has just been He played insane. with four quarterbacks this year because Tyler Heineke as well. And Kyle Allen was the starter in week one. Yeah. Then they went to Haskins. Then they went to Alex Smith. And in the playoffs, he played with Tyler Heineke. And I think he had like six catches for a touchdown or seven catches for a touchdown in the playoff game. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, just give him a quarterback, man. That's all we need to do. Give him a quarterback, and he'll be top five. Yep. Um, It is kind of like a – because I have consistently believed personally – I don't disagree with really any of Rick's takes, but uh, I – 
I personally have never thought that T Mac was going to be a top five wide receiver. I didn't either, but I'm very like, open. I feel like he's a Stefan Diggs guy, but now I'm just <laughs> Stefan Diggs is a top. That was all blown yeah. out of proportion. Yep. So exactly. anyway, um, there there are our hot takes, early hot takes, early because we will do probably one or two more of these shows uh, throughout the off season. But our early hot takes for the 2021 fantasy football season. We'll see how these pan out over the next couple months and over the next year. Don't forget to check out our website, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we will talk to you Thursday, my friends. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.